0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: Today's podcast on the Money Advantage is all about cash flow and how to cash flow from turnkey real estate. Now, you know because you're part of this community that we love cash flow, and so do you. Cash flow today is that stepping stone to be able to build cash flow for tomorrow, and building a cash flow asset portfolio of real estate and business is the way to break out of the rat race and accelerate time and money freedom. In the cash flow system, you first create cash flow by keeping more of the money that you make, and then you protect your money, and finally, you increase and make more. Today's conversation will help you determine how and when turnkey real estate may be an option for you to invest in cash flow, to invest for cash flow. Today we're going to be talking with Terry Kerr and Liz Nallin Brody of Mid-South Home Buyers in Memphis, Tennessee. I want to tell you a little bit about who they are before we jump into that conversation. Now Terry Kerr was born in 1970 in Memphis, Tennessee. And with the exception of some nomadic travel for a couple of years in his early 20s, he lived in Memphis his whole adult life. Terry enjoys water sports, hiking, and the Memphis Grizzlies with his family. He shares his life with his wonderful wife, Elaine, and two amazing kids, Amelia, age 17, and Andrew, age 13. He's the founder and CEO of Mid-South Homebuyers. Now, Terry fell in love with Making Ugly Houses Pretty in 2001, And then he set out to master the business of passing bargains on to bargain hunters. Over the last 15 years, Mid-South Homebuyers has purchased, renovated, and sold over 1,500 single-family houses in Memphis to real estate investors across the U.S. and the globe. As a turnkey seller, Mid-South Homebuyers provides completely renovated investment property with a built-in property management and maintenance team to real estate investors who receive passive income while building wealth through real estate. Terry is fortunate to call Memphis, Tennessee home, where the price-to-rent ratios for investment property are the best in the country. He's extremely grateful to his incredible team for positioning Mid-South as the premier turnkey seller in Memphis and in the U.S. Mid-South Homebuyers has renovated over 1.7 million square feet of real estate in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, Terry attributes the success of Mid-South directly to the caring and passionate commitment of his incredible team of professionals who never stop trying to increase value and service for their investor partners. Elizabeth Nallan Brody is an avid real estate investor who has spent the last 16 years of her professional life working in multiple markets as a multi-unit property manager a marketing director, a realtor, a writer, and a public speaker. For the last eight years, she's been working side-by-side with Terry Kerr, building Mid-South homebuyers into one of the most successful turnkey providers in the U.S. We're so excited to have both of them joining the conversation with us today. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall, along with my co-host, Bruce Wayner. Good morning, Bruce.
0: Good morning, Rachel. Just another podcast where we can teach people how to actually create cash flow. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this because it's just another people that think differently about how to use your money.
1: Absolutely. Today we're interviewing Terry Kerr and Liz Nowlin Brody of Mid-South Home Buyers. Welcome to the show, Terry and Liz.
2: Uh, thank you. We're good. glad to be here. Thank you, guys.
1: Excellent. Well, let's dive right into our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about your backstory before Mid-South. How did you guys get into real estate?
2: Well, I got into real estate because I wanted to keep my personal overhead low and bought a house that had been vacant for about 13 years and uh, worked nights and weekends for about seven months fixing it up uh, with my own two hands and um, just fell in love with making ugly things pretty and used the uh, sweat equity in that property um, uh, as a launching pad to, uh, to go into real estate full time. And then uh, Liz uh, came on board with us about 10 years ago, um, and we've been turning and burning for, um, uh, in total, about 16 years, I believe. Is that right, Liz?
3: That is. That is. And uh, I started in uh, property management as a four-to-midnight concierge at a very fancy high-rise apartment building and then got promoted to leasing agent and then nice. property management and had been managing about 500 units uh, total in St. Louis before, uh, for about 10 years before I came to work for Terry. Uh, nine years ago. so
1: Okay.
0: Well, how did that come about? How did uh, Terry find you?
3: Uh, a Craigslist dad. Yes. <laughs> we, we joke about fate bringing us together all the time. I was slumming it a little bit, actually. I took a job uh, leasing for him. I wasn't going to stay.
2: Yeah, and so when I met Liz, um, I told her that if I couldn't promote her, I knew she was going to leave, which... She would have. Um, and wow. um, uh,
3: Liz, I got a 100% uh, occupancy uh, in that first week. That's right. I remember that. I, do, I do remember
2: that. <laughs> that's okay. a good track record. <laughs> uh, Liz is a keeper. And so um, we shifted gear and um, it's been awesome.
0: So one of the things we do on this podcast is actually help people with their business and grow their business. So uh, if I can pivot a little bit here, Terry, since you brought that up, how did you know Liz was a good fit?
2: Um, Liz, she was just super sharp, super personable. People like working with people they like. Mm -hmm. And I liked Liz and she knew the right questions to ask. And I knew where I wanted to grow the business. And I wasn't hiring for that position yet. And my gut told me that, that Liz would be able to fill that role. And, um, uh, back when, um, I first hired Liz, I think we were flipping um, around, I don't know, 75 houses a year. Uh, and uh, this year we'll buy rehab and sell uh, about 450.
3: Wow.
1: Wow, that's tremendous growth.
3: I would say too, that's his awesome. ability to retain good folks is is a secret key to his success that really we don't talk about very much, but there is almost no turnover in our company. And he it's not just a happy environment for the renters or a happy environment for the investors, but it's, it's actually managing to provide a really good quality of life for the, we're about 52 or so W2 employees now, I think 58. Now. 58. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, but, but it's, it's a good vibe. And so it's the good things happen when everybody wants to come really to work.
1: That sounds like you're creating a great team culture. Yeah. It's, yeah. Awesome. We,
2: it's fun. We love what we do yeah. and we love uh, being able to provide uh, cash flow and value for, uh, for our investors. And um, uh, of course, it all starts with a good product, a good house, uh, and a resident who wants to live in the house. But of course, we'll get into that a little later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and actually, that's a great lead to kind of my next question. You have this mission to really help your clients build wealth, as you just mentioned, and, and build cash flow. So tell us a little bit about the investments that you utilize to help people do that.
2: Sure. It's uh, single-family, blue-collar real estate. Um, you know, it's uh, these are solid houses, solid neighborhoods. Um, and fo- Memphis, fortunately, um, about 52% of the Memphis population rents. So we've got a really large pool um, of folks that we get to work with here. And the business model is uh, we'll buy a house. We do a full-blown renovation on the house. It's not a lipstick job. It's not paint and car- just paint and carpet um, we rip off the roofs, got the kitchens, got the bathrooms, update the electrical plumbing, new heating and air. And the house is in better shape typically when we finish rehabbing it than it was when it was first built, just because of higher end finishes. Mm. And, um, nice. uh, and we provide the best value for the resident that, uh, uh, that exists in the Memphis market. So we have slightly below market rents, um, with the best rehab. And so we have the lowest turnover uh, and that's the key. We have the lowest turnover of any management company in Memphis, um, uh, and so the longest resident average stay. Um, and turnover is the biggest killer uh, for folks who own investment property. So if you can keep people in the house and, and, and keep them from moving out, um, that's the ticket. And um, there are a lot of things that go into making that possible. But in big, broad strokes, um, if the resident's happy and the resident stays, the owners make money.
1: Uh, That's just really interesting that you mentioned low turnover in your employee culture and low turnover in the residents and tenants with your properties as well. It's definitely you guys are doing something right if you're attracting people who stay. Yeah, so... I was gonna ask you then, when you're looking uh, to purchase the properties, are you guys looking still in that market? Terry, you mentioned at the beginning that you like making ugly houses pretty. Are you looking in a market that is um, maybe not doing so well or or buying a house that is um, really not in a good condition and then fixing it up or are you looking for something in a different sector?
2: Um, we're looking for the houses that need lots of work. And the reason is because, there are two reasons. First off, if a house just needs paint and carpet, there's going to be so many folks um, offering uh, uh, and making bids on that property that we're just going to get priced out because we're going to get beat by a local that is going to buy it, mm. paint it, put carpet in it, and manage it themselves. We want the houses that other folks are like, holy cow, this roof has been leaking for 10 years, um, and the uh, investor who's 90 years old, who's owned this house forever, just decided to stop fixing stuff. That's our target market. So since Memphis has got 52% of the market renting, you can imagine all of the uh, owner operator landlords in this town um, that uh, get to a point in their lives to where they're like, okay, you know, I've been managing these 20 or 30 houses forever. You know, I'm 75 years old. I don't own any money on any of these houses. I'm cash flowing like a bandit, but I'm tired of working. And so they just sell their rental portfolios. And, um, uh, and, and that's the way it works. And so, you know, you'll see a house that may have been uh owned by one investor for 20 years. Um, and they'll, they'll get to a point in their lives where they want to liquidate. It'll go to somebody else. So it will never stop in Memphis, fortunately. Um, because, um, like I say, we do have a blue collar town. There are a lot of folks here that rent and, um, this is a cycle that's been, that's been going on for for years and years, and there are other uh, uh, you know, cities in the U.S. That, that have our type of demographic, um, but just fortunate to be born and, and raised in a town where uh, it's conducive to cash flow.
1: That's excellent. And I know you're bringing up a lot of excellent points that you highlight in something that you call the Due Diligence Report. And I have read through that. It was fabulous information just in helping an investor really think through how do I find out if this turnkey provider, which is what you guys are doing, and I want you to kind of define and explain what you mean by turnkey um, before we dig into this. But just even as you're talking about um, making sure that you have low turnover and making sure that you're, um, you're in a position where you are really providing the best to your to your investors, can you first tell us a little bit about what you see as turnkey?
3: Um, I think you know the de- a big dev- part of the definition of turnkey is going to be a continuing, ongoing relationship with the seller of the property after you have closed, particularly with them being your managers and your accountability uh, being all in one place. Uh, the horror mm-hmm. stories that are out there are about people that bought a house, were told that it was in excellent condition and that the rent was 800 Uh It's handed off to a third-party management company after three or four months of vacancy. They're informed that the only way it will possibly rent is to drop the rent to 750 And then the repair bills are nonstop rolling in. And you've got um, a manager pointing at a seller, a seller pointing at a manager, and you're 2,000 miles away uh, and not really sure what to do. And so I, I think turnkey is is getting away from that, having all of your accountability in one place about how this property is going to perform, a proven track record with happy investors uh, already working with that company. Uh, and ultimately, a very passive investment uh, is, is the heart of it all, I think, where you're ultimately on the beach, not uh, worrying about your properties at all.
1: That's excellent. I know you also talk in that guide a lot about the idea that you don't want somebody who's just projecting what they think the home is going to be worth and what they think the rent is going to be, like you just mentioned. That's going to be eight hundred, and then you realize that you really do need to drop that. So, why is it important then to make sure that you know how the property is actually performing?
2: Well, the the thing is, is if if in regardless of whether it's in Memphis or Detroit or where someone's investing, like Liz mentioned, you want to find somebody who's got a proven track record. Um, you know, there are you know lots of um, folks that are newer in the business, you know, getting into this business. And, um, and Liz and I even work with some folks trying to help them out. But um, unless someone's got a proven track record and they've got a management company to where, you know, they're managing several houses on a street, um, there there's not the guesswork. And so, um, you know, whether it's pulling up rents on Zillow or calling the the management company uh, that you're going to be working with and asking them questions like, you know, what's your longest vacancy and why is that vacant? And, you know, what's the, what's the most ideal property? What's the stuff that you want to stay away from? Um, and just really digging in um, and, you know, going to visit, you know, folks don't Folks don't take the time to to go out and visit these outfits, and most folks don't come to visit us. I'd say, is it's still around the ninety five percent mark uh, of the folks that we're working with have never come to visit. Absolutely,
3: never set foot in town.
2: Yeah, and that, and and so as as much as you know, we we want to work with with anyone that's a good fit for us. Um, we encourage folks if they can make the time to go out and shake the hands of the folks that they're going to be doing with. And really dig in and ask the hard questions and the due diligence questions that we've got um, on our website. um, Anyone can download and use to to go interview any turnkey seller. Um, But um, at at the heart of it, it's just about providing value, and you've got to provide a good value to the resident, which means the rent's got to be placed right and um, the property's got to be in excellent condition so the repair bills don't kill the owner.
3: I, I just think also when you go with someone more established, it Terry, you'll say you know that there's so many kinks to be ironed out that that you work for free the first three years of the business easily yep. uh, figuring out what neighborhoods worked, what neighborhoods didn't work. Essentially, our, our kind of sw- our goal is ultimately to provide the highest cash flow possible, and and the sweet spot that that we settled on here in Memphis is houses between fifty nine and and ninety five thousand, uh, uh, a give or take a little bit. And, yep. Terry got to that point by uh, under investing or, or a little bit too rough of markets because the numbers looked great on paper and yep. ended up sleeping in houses and, you know, yeah. shotgun. When trying you got to you gotta
2: sleep in a house to keep people from, from breaking in, you're in the wrong neighborhood. Wrong and when neighborhood. you find yourself in that uh, position, yeah. the only thing you can do is liquidate the house and sell it to the next door neighbor because mm-hmm. the next door neighbor can manage the
0: house. Right. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah,
2: but you got you to cut yeah. your teeth and figure it out. And um, that, that wasn't fun. Um, but um, you, you get there, and then yeah. you, like I said, you end up finding the sweet spot. Yeah,
3: yeah. Over overcompensated, and the median home price in, in Memphis is 130,000. And so, out of folks oh. out of state, can are shocked by the affordability here, and and how actually quickly you can be an owner occupant territory where you're really in what looks like a good return to you from out of state, but it's it's slim to us locals. Uh, if you're playing up there in that higher end, uh, at the end of the day, and we talk about that in that report a little bit—the hidden reasons that those properties don't make you as much money.
1: Wow, that's just fascinating. I mean, you built in a whole bunch of pieces there. One, having the track record of the people you're working with to make sure that they have worked out the kinks and they've gone through the hard lessons. I mean, I think there's so many lessons when you're starting anything in business, and if you haven't gone through that testing period, you're not able to provide the best value, and so. I think you guys said you've been in operation about 16 years total. Is that right? That's
2: right.
1: Yeah. And that's definitely uh time to have gone through 2008. So, yes. <laughs> so how was 2008 for you guys? I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit. You said to make sure you're interviewing the turnkey companies and finding out about about them. So let's go ahead and talk with you guys about some of what you've been through that have led you to this place today.
3: Liz? Yeah, well, I love I, I, talking about the, the crash of 08 and, and looking at it. And obviously none of us know exactly where we are in the cycle right now, but it's, it's clear that we're, it's warming up, right? <laughs> Definitely the market mm-hmm. is, is getting hotter. And I bought a primary residence here two years ago. The cool thing about buy and hold is that I don't have to worry about where we're at in the cycle for buy and hold, because I know the cycle will ultimately even out for me to be profitable. But I was thinking about home buying in general, because with the residence you can't get stuck. And I looked back and in, in uh, 07 or so, Mid-South was was selling a totally renovated house that rented for, six seventy five for, for roughly fifty five thousand dollars. And what we saw here is that rents and occupancy did not suffer in the crash, luckily. We're mm. really grateful for that. So I did the math and if I'd bought from Mid South in 07, I, I think it was something like roughly forty five thousand dollars in gross cash flow that I would have made. Of course that mortgage is fixed. Would I have been upset that I was 10 grand 10 grand upside down the next year? It's a bummer. But We didn't sell a house to anyone in 07 that was intending to sell in 08 or 09. It's not the investment. You know, it's a 10, Mm -hmm. 15, 20 year investment. That's just what I love about it is it weathers that. And we were glad to see that what happened here in Memphis was that so many former homeowners uh, flooded into the rental market. You know, the homeless population didn't spike anywhere with the crash. You just had a huge shift and it really propped up rental demand. And so... Uh, we never had a single foreclosure. None of our investors have ever had a foreclosure and, and rents and occupancy stayed strong. Terry, was that, you know,
2: Absol- experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And, you know, um, uh, like Liz said, you know, the property values took a dip, but the cash flow didn't take a dip. Uh, mm-hmm. and the cash flow remained the same. And then now the properties are worth more than ever. Um, so um, uh, Memphis is definitely a buy and hold market. Folks don't come to Memphis because of. Of the awesome appreciation, yeah, we appreciate it a little bit, uh, but Memphis is a cash flow town, and uh, thank goodness for it.
3: Yeah, it, it means a lot to me that if you gave me a time travel ticket, and right now I could write a check for the fourteen thousand dollar down payment that that fifty five thousand dollar house in 'o eight would have been, and swap it for that all that cash flow. The fact that I would hop on that in a minute to buy a house uh, in the worst time in American history to buy a house it gives me, at least personally as an investor, a sense of
1: Oh, absolutely. And I really like that you guys are staying focused on the cash flow. And I think for an investor who's really wanting to make sure that they increase their cash flow as well, we don't have to be as terrified of a downturn market, especially if we're looking for a long-term strategy. Exactly.
0: So what do you guys do uh, to actually find investors? They find us. Yeah.
2: we um, Historically. Yeah. So um, we've, we've you know never really done... Um, any advertising. We'll do a podcast every now and then. And, um, you know, the folks that we've sold to... Um, okay, so speaking of um, uh, of 08, so um, I sold to a guy who's about 70 years old in 08 um, and um, uh, Mr. Dawson and uh, sold him a few houses and he's still buying from us. He's still buying from us now um, and has referred uh, his friends and family to us. So our business is has grown um, by repeat buyers coming back year after year um and some of them you know they'll have to wait a couple of years or three years to save up some cash flow um and um and just referring their friends and family so it's it's a repeat and referral um, business
0: so what kind of um how much inventory do you have right now?
2: right now we're rehabbing eighty three houses. Um, and, um, you know, typical turnaround. So th- from the day we put a house under contract to purchase, takes about 30 days to buy it. Then it takes us um, a couple of months to rehab it. And then we got to get the appraisal done and all this and that. And so, um, uh, you know, we typically sell them around the 90 or a or, or hundred, maybe 110 day mark. So, you know, we'll, we'll own a property for maybe five months at, at the longest. And, um, uh, like I said, we're going to buy rehab and sell about 450 houses um, this year. And um,
3: I currently have 107 houses under contract with investors.
0: Okay, so let' okay so let's let's clarify that because everybody does this differently. So, do you guys does the do, does your company buy the homes, rehab them, and then sell them to the investor, or do you have the investor buy the homes and then Front the money to actually fix the mo- the house up, and um, which way do you guys go? So I
1: think this is a great question too, because this is something that you guys built into yeah. your um, due diligence report. So go ahead and share that. Yes,
2: yes. So we purchase the property, we rehab the property, and then uh, we sell the house um, in completely in a complete renovated state. Um, and then we also provide a one year uh, bumper to bumper warranty. Um, uh, on the whole house. Um, and then of course, our property management company manages the house, uh, for our investors, uh, that have purchased the property and we just send them the rent. Um, uh, so we, we're, we're not, uh, an outfit that finds, uh, a junkie house, has someone buy it and then contracts with them to fix it. Um, you know, that, that works for some folks and I've got friends that, that do it, but that's, that's not the way we, we roll and, um, uh, you know, we don't even ask our investors uh, to put down earnest money um, when they purchase the properties from us, because um, if something happened in uh, in life along the way and someone needs to uh, you know, back out and not close, you know, no big deal. So we try to make it as easy as we can on our investors to just show them a completely rehabbed house, full blown warranty, no earnest money. You want it rock and roll. If not, it's all cool.
1: That's excellent. And as you're talking about making sure that you have, I mean, it it looks like there's total transparency then. So you're showing the investor what exactly they're getting. There's no questions. Is this going to rent for that much? Because it's already being rented. It's already, um, there's already a tenant in, in the property. The
3: risk for them is, 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 well, almost zero, and especially for anyone that's actually done it, it doesn't sound like three months of vacancy on the front end. So if you did the other model where you buy the house and you write a check from the renovation and refinance, aside of the double closing costs, and that uh, uh, I open a bank account for each house that I buy, and uh, with uh, my own self management and learning my own rent ranges and stuff like that, uh, just a few months of vacancy on the front end. The, the a length of time it takes the bank account of those houses to to catch up with ones that simply had a renter on it in the get go, uh, just a few months mortgage payments and a few months uh, vacant utilities, uh, it eats you really fast and so it, it's a big difference.
2: So it's it's that's why we're you know proud to be able to offer um, a real estate investment where you you know pretty much got cash flow from the day you buy it because it's already fixed up and you don't have any holding costs from, you know to fix the property up before you start cash flowing.
1: That's excellent. And then as you're talking about, so the only concern then, if you are a investor coming in would be that potentially this renter may leave the property and I could have a vacancy. Could you talk a little bit about your vacancy rates and what an investor could expect on that? And then what you guys are doing to maintain that um, high occupancy?
2: Sure. Um, Well, first off, we're staffed up in the repair department and the leasing department and the resident retention department. You know, if you uh, if you ask residents what, or we always ask a an, an incoming or, or an applicant that wants to rent from us, why are you leaving your current management company? And nine times out of 10, they say, my landlord won't fix anything. Well, our mm-hmm. business model lends itself to. There's not a lot to fix because we've already completely rehabbed the house. However, if an air conditioner does break or if a water heater does go out um, or if there is you know, a roof leak or something, we're staffed up but and it's easy for us to get someone out there quick because all of the technicians that maintain the repairs on the rental property we're managing are the same technicians that are doing the installations on all the houses we're rehabbing. So since we employ these folks as W two employees, we don't have to call a plumbing company or a handyman. Oh. And go, hey, can you please go out and fix this water heater? We don't have to ask. We just schedule it within our servicing department and put the repairs at the front of the list. And if the uh, if the rehab has to take you know six hours longer because we're fixing a water heater, you know, across town, and so be it. So uh, earlier I mentioned you know value to the resident. So nicest house. Um, uh, uh, excellent communication and quick turnaround if they're a repair. Um, and that's why um, we're able to and under market rents. Uh, that's why we're able to have the longest residence stay uh, in Memphis. And when we ran a report last and I think it was about six months ago um, and I know we're, we've done an uptick since then our average residence stay was three years and four months. Wow. And in, in Memphis the average residence stay is right at two years. Um, so we're 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 way out front, um, and you know we may not make as much money per property as in a management company, but 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 no one's leaving, so we don't mm-hmm. have we don't have the uh, a retention issue with investors leaving us. We don't have a retention issue with with uh, uh, residents leaving us. So um, it's um, it works. Yeah,
3: and that exact same setup when they're is uh, the eventual turnover rate right? three years, four years, or whenever it does occur, we, we get a... Uh, is it monthly or weekly, our scorecard for the average days between moving and moving? Um, weekly. 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 Uh, we'll average between like 28.67 and, and 29.2 uh, days. And I have to always ask people to really stop and think about that number. That's that's not till we took a deposit. That's move in to move out. Yeah. Uh, there's big seasonal swings with that kind of stuff too. And, and that means we... In 20, you know, a resident does not move in the day they call. They don't move in the day they apply. They don't move in the day they tour. They don't move in the day they put their deposit down. So to have 29 days from move in to move out, so many things happened. So much fast zipped up maintenance and a lawn mowed and, and signs dropped and so many little things that, you know, we have, uh, uh, Rachel, I don't know if you've noticed that, but we have this lifetime vacancy guarantee that that's kind of unusual. Uh But internally, I did see that. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that. uh, uh, Internally, we all kind of think well, how would you really have a 90 day vacancy? Uh, uh, I can let uh, Terry speak a little bit more about our undermarket rents and why we're able to offer that. But I, I speak to so many investors that have had 100 plus day vacancies because. Yeah. You're running a week late on the maintenance, you're running a week late dropping the signs, you're running your staff is slow to return calls from potential renters. It's so easy for each little process to slow down.
2: Yep, and so we systematize everything, every, um, everything that we do, um, uh, we just work on efficiency. And so the day a resident um, moves out, um, that's updated by our leasing team and a pin drops on our rover map. Our rovers are the guys that are out there dropping for rent signs, pulling for rent signs, taking photos of property, um, uh, delivering late notices and all that. And everyone's managed through this internal proprietary system that we've built to where all of our team, make, team members, um, are working, uh, in their specific piece of the business and updating what they're doing throughout the day. And depending upon what one person does, it puts the ball in somebody else's court. So when our team members um, come into work, they don't have to wonder what they need to do. They just look on their system and they're like, Oh, um, I need to, you know, um, run a, a background check on this person because my system tells me I need to. So everything, so we've got this system built to where folks don't have to remember what to do and they just use their energy on actually performing the task. Um, And that's all the way across the board from leasing collections, um, uh, rehabbing the houses, the different pieces of the rehab, be it electrical, mechanical, plumbing, everything we know how long it should take. And if a piece doesn't get performed in the amount of time it should take, it sends an email to the person who's responsible for that task. And if it's still not updated within another 24 hours, it'll send them another email and copy their manager. Well, the managers, managers don't get copied because, um, our, um, uh, uh, you know, our our team knows what they're supposed to do and the system makes it easy. So um it, it kind of makes the working environment less stressful.
1: That's excellent. I just love that I'm hearing the systems and processes. I mean, when you're looking at leveraging or scaling any type of operation, you can only do so much when it's all manual and you have to remember every single step. I mean then you have human error in there and you say, Oh, was the ball dropped? Oh, what's going on with this? And who knows what's going on. And it sounds like you guys have just really done a fabulous job of putting the right team, first of all, but then also the systems and processes to make sure that it's not a lot of human error that's happening to cause problems.
2: It's, um, uh, it's, it's fun. It's the funnest part of the, of the business for me, besides making ugly things pretty is, okay. is, um, making the, making the, the business just run smoother. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's awesome. can you guys, one of the things that when you, when we talk to different, um, Uh, investment companies like this. Um, and I've also run into this personally with my rental properties is some people for property management charge a set percentage and some people charge a set fee. Can you, um, can you comment on why yours is a percentage and the pros and cons of both? Because, you know, people that just do a set amount rather than a percentage. They say, well, there's no difference than for me getting a rent into a $80,000 property than there is getting into a $150,000 property.
2: Absolutely. And you know, for us, we're, we're not going to get paid. We don't think it's fair for us to get paid if the owner's not getting paid. So we're not going to do a set fee and get paid regardless of what kind of rent comes through the front door. Got um, it. If the owner eats, we're going to eat. If they don't eat, we're not eating. Um, property management companies tend to be feeding from the opposite side of the trough as the investor. And that can pose a problem. Um, uh, And it's one of the reasons why Liz was mentioning, it's cool to have all the accountability in one place, because if you're a turnkey seller uh, that's been doing it right, um, you're going to have a selfish reason to make the property to perform because you want the owner to come back and buy more property. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a property management company, You know, I mentioned it's all about providing value. And for us, um, when we were looking at what kind of fees we were going to charge, because initially we were flipping houses, but we didn't manage them. I was just managing my own property. Um, And it wasn't until um, uh, one of um, my favorite buyers came to me and said, Look, I'm not going to manage, I'm not going to buy houses from you anymore if you won't manage them because yours are performing so much better than mine. And so we started managing houses for other folks about 10 years ago, uh, nine years ago. And we set our fees up to where we, we wanted to be. Uh, we went to have the lowest fees uh, in town. And we do have the lowest fees. We don't charge a whole month's rent to re-rent the property. We only uh, I was
0: going to ask you about that if there was additional fees to, to rent the property. So the yes. 10% fee is just on the actual rent and, yes. there's, and there's no additional fees to rent the property.
2: Um, we charge half of the first month's rent anytime we fill the property. Okay. And, typic- and I'm not sure about other markets, but in Memphis, the uh, average property management company charges a whole month's rent to refill the properties. And we only charge a half a month's rent uh, to refill the properties. Um, uh, most or a lot of property management companies charge a vacant fee um, or marketing fee on top of the whole month's rent. And we absorb that. Um, and then I know this is getting a, a little bit detaily, but it's uh, it's another part of the value. And while we're able to have the lowest turnover in town, is we don't charge application fees to our uh, our applicants. We eat all those application fees. Uh, Or we eat all the costs associated with the criminal background check, uh, the landlord checks, employment verification, all that kind of stuff, because it gets more people coming through the front door to apply for us. And it's one of the reasons that we're able to fill our properties faster than our competition can and turnover. It's because instead of taking a look at three applicants, we're taking a look at 10 applicants and we have a Mm -hmm. shot at finding a stronger applicant and quicker.
0: What about the uh, security deposits? Uh,
2: the security deposits. Um, uh, so the state of Tennessee, the law is the security deposits have to be held in a separate account, um, a non-interest bearing account. Um, and, uh, uh, and they're held by the property manager. And the security deposits upon turnover are either given back to the resident if there are no um, uh, uh, turnover costs. Um, or they're giving to the owner to cover the cost of cleaning and getting the property ready to re-rent.
0: And is that it uh, typically one month's rent?
2: Um, it depends on the. It depends on um, uh, how much the property is renting for. The Memphis market is typically um, a half to, to three quarters uh, of the rent.
0: When when uh, when I've used property management companies for my properties in the past, it was kind of the biggest bone of contention. With, with me personally, is that, you know, it was it was sold to me as, hey, we're going to get a security deposit. And then um, when you know, they when they move out, you're protected. And then the what happens when people would move out, um, everything that was broken or um, actually uh, dirty, the The property management company would always say, "Hey, you know, this was you need to pay for this. It doesn't come out of the security pot because it's normal wear and tear." And I, they didn't really fight for me. I felt like to actually get some of my security deposit to pay for uh, one of the biggest bone of contentions. I had some really nice uh, plantation um, shutters one time, and you know, several of them were broken and. They said that was just that's just that's, that's just, it's that's just normal. normal I know it's, <laughs> they said it's just normal wear and tear and, you know, some carpet being, uh, you know, to- actually torn and so on and so forth. And I fe- always felt like that they were working for the the renter rather than the uh, investor. So what um, do you how do you guys handle that?
2: Well, we do not have that problem. That is for sure. Um, And so you mentioned that you felt like your property manager was working for the investor or working for the the resident instead of you. Um, And and that goes back to what Liz said earlier, Um, you know, with a turnkey outfit, um, they're looking out for the owner of the property and they've got a selfish interest and we have a selfish interest to look out for the owner of the property. It doesn't mean um it doesn't mean that we're going to do the resident a disservice it means we're going to be fair right um and ordinary wear and tear um is going to be uh the walls are a little bit you know dirty um uh you know where the kid put his hands on the walls it's not right. a torn carpet it's not setting a hot pan on top of a countertop and messing up your <laughs> countertop um it's not broken mini blinds um you know that's that's um we identify ordinary wear and tear on a document when the residents move in so we don't have to have this conversation when they move out
0: great great nice let's That's let's talk awesome. about some of your re- investor resources that you have
2: this
3: um well that due diligence report uh that uh, uh rachel talked about is a great if you're just getting started if you're if you're still looking for markets if you're if you're still shopping uh for- Kind of once you 've drilled deeper and and figured out what you 're looking for in a renovation, what you 're looking for in a property management company, um, we 've got a, just really a fantastic team uh, of people to plug an investor to uh, uh, a weird odd perk of, of working with with my team is that I happen to know who the cheapest investment lender is nationwide at any given time. Uh, our volume is is high enough that I can take thirty or 40 HUDs from the last thirty days and average interest rates from nine or ten investment specific lenders and average closing costs uh, from nine or ten investment specific lenders and uh, people that get lenders that get really popular or are featured on a lot of podcasts they'll be the cheapest for a while and the costs will kind of drift up and somebody new will come in and try to undercut the market and so I know, real time i will set you up who what i'm using personally for investments that day uh, because what we really care about is the best closing cost and interest rate and there's a huge value to that information mm-hmm. actually um uh, closing attorney to do title work and title insurance um we uh, same thing we don't you know you can use anyone you like but we've got a fantastic relationship with uh, landlord specific insurance company that gives you great cash flow yet a million dollars in liability insurance um and again our we're really working backwards from not just the highest cash flow possible but the most passive investment possible so uh, we're going to kind of hold your hand through the entire thing i i help folks buy their 400th house and i help folks buy their first house in life too um and, nice. and we're we're set up uh, for all
2: it's cool too, because like, we call them Tuesday check-ins. So every Tuesday, if someone's got a house under, uh, under contract with us to purchase, Liz's team does a, a check-in and they copy the, the investor, the mortgage broker, um, uh, the, um, the title company, um, and um, the lady in our office who manages the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing that kind of gives us um, an update on the rehab timeline. So no one ever has to wonder where they are. Um, and it's just sort of a nice reminder of, hey, this is where we are. Um, uh, who's, what ball is in whose court? And 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 Liz and her team check in every week with investors that are under contract. So wherever the ball is, um, it just reminds everyone to, you know, hey, let's keep this train moving.
3: And on the whole, uh, communication is a big focus for our whole team, and almost every. Uh, department, I, I go to a lot of investor conferences and summits and, and things like that. And the one running theme you hear from more experienced investors is frustration at having to manage their managers. And it's not passive if you're having to email a second time to get an answer or make a second phone call. And it, one thing Terry provides that makes my life easy and wonderful is that it, at least accounts counts as our investor liaison. Basically, it's a designated point of contact for an investor after they close uh, what I've seen, what I've personally experienced is you want an, an- the, you want an answer about a leasing question and the person you're trying to get a hold of is actually touring renters through your apartment. Or you need an answer about a, a repair and the person you're trying to get a hold of is actually underneath the house fixing something. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a designated person whose full-time job is essentially to answer questions or, or, or email, communicate proactively uh, on that subject. So just little touches like that that make life easy.
1: Can we, I want to go back to one of the things on, um, the due diligence report for a second. You guys talked about really making sure you're not dealing with a middleman, but the actual property owner. And so I wanted to ask you guys, how do you communicate to your investors about that to make sure that they know that you are the actual property owner before they're buying the property from you?
2: Well, our investors, um, you know, once, when they come to us and they're ready to buy a property. we Well, we've been around long enough and they've been referred to us by somebody else who's already done business with us. So that doesn't typically come up. Um, our our investors aren't asking us that question, but sometimes our investors want to invest in different markets. And so we want to make sure that if they go to another market, that um, that they make sure to get the best deal that they can. Um, on a property. And if you're buying from somebody who's just going to wholesale a property from one person to the next, um, you know, you're not getting as good a deal as you can. So it's not as much our investors asking us that question as it is they need to you know be on the lookout for that in other markets. Yeah.
3: And when I am asked that, sometimes people are reading our own report back to us, to be, which is funny. <laughs> uh, I usually will take the opportunity to give them a little guidance on how to look for that. Uh, Because if you're not an industry, you can't know that, you know, for me seeing the complexities and intricacies of our day-to-day doings and the market knowledge that Terry has block to block from growing up here and our acquisitions guy has from growing up here that when you, and there's nothing wrong with being a middleman. Let's say that, you know, there's a service in in matching a buyer with a a seller. Folks got to make money, but it's the buyer's job is to get the best deal they can. But so when I see a website and someone is advertising houses in Cleveland and Indianapolis and St. Louis, um, I know without thinking about it, that there's very little, possibility to truly have boots on the ground and deep market knowledge and like we do a a 20,000 square foot 30,000 square foot warehouse with a million dollars worth of rehab materials but Terry, you have a a 7 a.m meeting with our techs almost every week or you know it it, uh it can't be done honestly really uh well in our experience uh, when you're spread so thin
2: yeah which is why we're not in any other markets you know Mm -hmm. uh we we've been asked to franchise and and go into other markets and this and that. and um, We're just going to stay in Memphis and keep our eye on the ball and um, just keep on, keep on doing what brought us to the dance.
1: That's excellent. As we're kind of working towards wrapping this up now, can you tell a little bit about, you mentioned earlier a 90 day rent guarantee, but there's a few other guarantees that you guys talk about as well. And then kind of what returns your investors are getting when they do invest. Sure.
2: Well, I got to take my hat off to Liz for this one because um, we, you know, I feel like it's the right, and I've always felt like it was the right thing to do, that if we're selling a brand new rehabbed house and something breaks, you know, um, not too far down the road, we just need to fix it. And Liz found that out and she's like, well, why don't you just, why don't you just put it in writing? I'm like, "Uh, oh, okay. So, (laughs) so we have a one year, um, we have a one year warranty. Um, And it doesn't cost us much to have that warranty because things don't break. Um, But uh, yeah, but if they do, we fix them. And the same thing with the rent. So Um, if a property, um, ever sits for 90 days, we start paying a hundred percent of the rent to the owner. Um, and, um, so Liz was looking at our vacancy report and she's like, dude, none of our stuff is sitting vacant for any length of time. Um, why don't we just, why don't we just, um, uh, you know, provide a full blown rent warranty. I was like, okay, so it's nice. We don't, the warranty doesn't cost us anything because we don't have to write those checks. Um, uh, so, but that
1: sure gives a lot of peace of mind that you're backing up your rent guarantee and that you have low vacancy, that you really believe in that. Absolutely.
2: And, you know, you look at other property management companies in town and they have houses that are sitting for, you know, four, five, six, seven months a year because they're in terrible shape and they're trying to get top dollar rent.
3: Yeah. And one mm-hmm. thing, uh, you know, that that report touches on and that, uh, you know, Terry is talking about one of the biggest places the bodies are are buried in this industry is overinflated rents to support a higher Sales price and and people can kind of understand that concept when you say it, but it's shocking the dollar to dollar ratio. If you can squeeze another $25 in rent out of a property, uh, a turnkey provider could sell it for another $4,000. The $25 more in rent, you could have someone over in California or New York. Pulling out a calculator, they have no idea what a market rent in Memphis or one of these other markets might be because it's so affordable compared to their own. And uh, $25 too high in market rent will easily cost you four months in vacancy uh, until you push it Mm -hmm. down and then you've overpaid for the property. Uh, And so a lot of that guarantee is really saying, hey, our rents are not priced. Uh, to sell price houses for an expensive amount of money, yep. they're priced to give you long stay renter stays and fly off the shelf uh, from a rental perspective of sure,
1: that sure. Nice, nice, and so then what is that typical type of return, and I know it's probably not exactly the same on every property as you guys mentioned that you have your your properties I think were between i don't know where I wrote it fifty and ninety thousand um, was your typical appraisal or the the value of the house. I believe. Sure, sure.
2: And what are they
1: getting in terms of returns? It's going to
2: depend on uh, whether someone pays cash or if they finance, you know, if you're, if you're uh, leveraging, you know, with financing, um, you are going to uh, get a better return than if you pay cash. Obviously you're going to get a lot more cash flow if you pay cash, um, but your return, your cash on cash return is going to be uh, less. And I'll say this, everyone calculates ROI differently. you know? Um, So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, do you, do you use appreciation? Do you use um, a principal pay down? Uh, you know, so I, I just stopped talking about ROI because really it's, it's all about cash flow. But if you go to our website, um, there's a customize my cash flows um, section and you can click on either all cash purchase. You can click on financing. Um, you can click on the down payment. You can click on the interest rate. Um, And um, you can include or exclude property management, Um, you can include or exclude insurance. So everybody calculates ROI differently. So we've got a section on our website that allows folks to customize the way they think about ROI and get their own number.
1: So are you seeing more people come in and do a full cash purchase or are you seeing more people
2: finance?
3: People probably 80, 85% of our uh, investors finance. I'd say and that certainly does give you the the best ROI. Um, you know, we uh, we average, we run our ROIs that we show on the website based off what I would call a normal month. A normal month is rent paid in full minus management minus your mortgage payment. That That's what, you know, 36 months out of, of 38 look for me, uh, you know, as a Mid-South customer my, myself. And once you factor out property management, our financed ROIs are like twenty-six to twenty-nine percent. The only thing that's excluding is maintenance and vacancy, which is crazy affordable and low with us. And you can whack out whatever you want for that. We suggest, you know, being conservative. Um, for a cash purchase, it's it's kind of in the twelve to fourteen percent uh range by the way we look at which is just down payment versus cash flow after taxes, insurance and, and debt service if you're looking at it as a finance purchase. But as yeah. Terry said, I've seen people push it way higher with appreciation and tax benefits, and some people want to be really aggressive and do it low, and all it's good all the way around.
1: Yeah, I really like how you're talking about the the full cost, but then really ho- honing in and really focusing in on what the cash flow, the cash-on-cash cash rate of return is with that.
2: And you know, and regardless of how you calculate it, the the main deal is keep the repairs low and keep the resident in the property. And um, and regardless of of what turnkey cell you're looking for, that's that's the things you want to drill down on.
1: That's great. So, if there was an investor who wanted today to reach out to you guys, how would they get started in investing with MidSouth?
3: It's super easy. Uh, you know, I'm Liz at MidSouthHomeBuyers.com, uh, and uh, my team is is the go-to for for everything. There's no question, too big or small. For us, we love feedback. We love talking about real estate. Um, And then our website is the same MidSouthHomeBuyers.com. People kind of, our our website's a little dorky, but people fall in love with it. uh, Uh (laughs) Terry and I uh, worked on it for uh, over a year uh, constantly, and it's completely up to date. And unlike a lot of folks, I don't know why so many people won't put their inventory up, but you can see our actual numbers. Pricing, rent, the renovations, you click through all those houses on the website and uh, start seeing how the kitchens are all the same, the, the azalea bushes, the shingles, um, and you can really get a sense for mm-hmm. who we are. You, you can download our management agreement from the website. You can download our lease. Um, we're really prior ourselves on, on transparency. All our philosophies um, are up there and um, our, our, my team can, can get folks that are interested started really easily.
1: That's Excellent. What would you guys say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in building your business to this point that you've learned over the last 16 years that you've been building Mid-South Homebuyers?
2: Hmm. Um, There are, there's such a thing as uh, too much opportunity. And so getting focused on what you want Hmm. and then doing it and then Analyzing the deal and looking at look at what went right, look at what went wrong, and then do it again. Um, I think the 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 best businesses are built, and 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 even and whether that business is us as a flip company or an individual investor who is buying uh, a house for cash flow, um, you want to, to try to find something that you can repeat an assembly line and do it over and over and over and over again. Um, so I think it's focus. Whether you want to, you know, buy, fix, and hold yourself; if you want to buy from a turnkey seller; if you want to flip retail; whatever it is you want to do, look at. Don't go into something unless it's duplicatable. Um, I don't like doing one-off stuff.
3: Hmm. Um, Terry, that's I, excellent. I always you. love you. You taught me that uh, you said once, and I, tell me if I'm saying it right, but that you wanted every part of a deal to want to do that deal again and, and, and that what he explained to me that, that changed my world was sort of he means the lender that loaned our investor the money. He wants that person to be happy. The, the guy swinging hammers on that investor's house, he wants that person to be happy and the renter and the employee that rented it and each single part of that, that wheel to want to do it again and sort of ensuring that along the way and that's created, uh, he's done that successfully, has created so much uh, momentum and that's what I've learned from watching him, him grow this business.
1: Wow. I just, I love hearing who you guys are as people behind the investment opportunity. And it's just been really fascinating getting to know you guys and what you're working on, what you're passionate about and your philosophy. I just love, as you were talking about, even on the website, I I was going to say out loud, wow, I love the transparency. And that word came out of your mouth about two seconds (laughs) later. And I just, I love the transparency and I love that. I'm just, we really feel like we're getting to know you. And I hope that as People are listening; that they're feeling that as well.
3: Awesome. well Rachel, we're you, so we to be here.
1: Awesome, awesome! Thank you. So, what are you guys? Is there anything new that you're working on, or any specific way besides helping people find you that we can help you with? Anything new and exciting that you're working on that that we can be a part of?
2: Um, you know, we're just going to keep pushing on the same wheel. Um, and just keep doing what we're doing, keep working on efficiencies. You know, folks talk about, well, what's the end game for you guys? Well, we're doing it. This is it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We don't have, um, you know, so we're not going into the commercial space. We're just going to keep on buying, fixing and selling single family houses, managing them and um, helping our um, uh, current um, uh, investors uh, build their portfolios and work with new investors uh, to start building theirs. And um, we're looking forward to... um, to working with uh, your listeners as well, Rachel.
0: Thank you. This has been really one of my uh, most favorite podcasts we've had over the last year or so. And uh, uh, because I can hear the uh, uh, authentic way that you you guys approach it and your guys' mindset is uh, aligned with Rachel and uh, I'm sure if uh, our listeners wouldn't have the same mindset or they wouldn't listen. So thank you for taking the time to be on today.
3: Thank you for having us.
2: Thanks, you guys. It was a
1: pleasure. Today's show notes and resources are available for you at themoneyadvantage.com. Special thanks to our guests, Terry Kerr and Liz Nowlin Brody. Also, thank you to you, our listeners, for being with us on this incredible conversation today. You can email us with your questions and comments to hello at themoneyadvantage.com. And also, we will make sure that we have the links to Mid-South Homebuyers and their website, on the show notes that you can grab that and ask them questions directly if you're interested in getting connected. Now, in closing, remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. To learn how high-performing entrepreneurs 10x or more returns on liquid capital without giving up quick access to cash, go to themoneyadvantage.com forward slash liquid capital to get The Unfair Advantage, your 20-minute easy-to-read guide on maximizing your savings.